The indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of. From getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome, we've become a force to reckon with. Indie authors now wear more hats than ever as we strive to create a career full of meaning, prosperity, and potential. We've juggled the demands and continue to be rebels in the face of adversity. Now, after years of hearing the shouts of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place are the seeds of a better way to rapid release. A way that feels incredible as we build a sustainable, lifelong author career that not only increases our visibility and royalties, but it's all done with intention and ease. If you're ready to buck the system and become the visionary authorpreneur I know you're meant to be, you've come to the right place. I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Well, hey there, welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. I am thrilled that you're here today. Oh my goodness, guys, you are going to absolutely love this podcast episode. My guest today is none other than Kat Caldwell of Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. And she and I, I don't know, we met, I think, originally on Twitter. And it was just one of those things where we're in the same circles, we're talking about the same sorts of things. And the next thing I know, we are chatting up about indie authorship and what we do, and we're following each other's podcasts. And I am so thrilled that I got to know her and got to interview her for today's podcast episode. So she is an interesting person because I'll tell you, her insights into how she approaches not only her own writing, but the way she does a lot of her own business approaches for pencils and lipstick, for the course she teaches, for her membership, it, she comes at things at such a unique and interesting way that it makes me excited about the different opportunities that she provides. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this interview because I think you're going to really want to hear what she has to say. Let's get to it. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the Author Revolution podcast. I am so glad that you're here today, obviously. <laughs> I've clued my audience in a little bit about how we met and how this conversation came to be, but can you tell my audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. Um, I'm Kat Caldwell. Catherine. Yeah. I was named after Catherine Hepburn, but my mother spelled it wrong. So that has, you know, followed me all my life. <laughs> 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 Always wanted to be like her, didn't quite end up like her. Um, I mostly grew up in Wisconsin, so we were almost neighbors growing up, probably. Yeah. Um, I now live in D.C. with my husband and three children and a dog. And whoever knows, they're trying to get me to get a cat. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Well, obviously, it's not just you in a nutshell because you do a lot of other things like write oh, books yeah. and talk about <laughs> books and help the author community. So let's talk about your author journey to start with. Like, what has that looked like for you? Did you always know that you wanted to be a writer or how did that come about? I I did, except that, you know, I'm an 80s kid. So my grandparents and my parents patted me on the head and were like, yeah, but for a real job, what? (laughs) Um, Yes. I, I started writing my first book in high school by 2000. Oh gosh, we're going backwards. Like 2003 or so you know, self-publishing was still not a thing. It wasn't, I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't really looked 
upon. So I thought I knew stuff, you know, I'm in college, I know things. Um, so I'm not going to go with uh, self-publishing. A, I didn't have the money. Um, so I found Publish America, which I thought looked awesome and had, you know, my stepdad look over the contract and he was like, looks good to me. If anyone knows what Publish America is, it was like a scam. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a scam. It's what, you know, people would call a poor hybrid. So they didn't do any editing. The book covers were terrible. You know, they claimed that you would make money, that you'd be able to get into a bookshop. I took it into the university bookstore and they were like, we don't understand this barcode. Like our, our computer system won't take it. You know, they were willing to take my book. And then, of course, people kept coming and were like, the formatting's weird. So anyway, oh no, all that to say it, it, it was a big bust. You know, I was so proud of myself and here I am. I'm going to be this literary person. I imagined myself in New York City, like, you know, literary New Yorker. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll bust it up. Um, so I kept, you know, with the dream, but I got married, moved to Spain. My husband's from Spain and did translation because it still was in my head that I had to have a real job. And then babies came and all that. And kept writing, but it wasn't until probably 2013 with a newborn third, third child. I was yep. like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we seem to get desperate. We're like babies crying and we're like, yeah, oh. <laughs> like I need to find me again. It's got to be yes. here somewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So I started writing my, you know, my book, it was a long time. It, it was, I, I left the other one behind. I had tried off and on to like sell it and couldn't find really what I, what I needed was like a mentor. That's what I needed to like, what is wrong with it? I don't know. How do you do this query letter thing? Like what's wrong with my query letter? I don't understand why I keep getting these rejections, you know, sure. Um, take, you know, keep in mind, like the internet was not that great. We, we had writers digest.com, I think. And you know, I had the big old query letter books that I would lug over to Spain and right um, I remember those oh right <laughs> like the next year you have to buy the other one is like $50 right they were not cheap oh, they and, were not cheap and there were a few of them I can't remember if the, it was the query letter ones but there was there was like an agent one too like a yes. it was almost like a phone book for agents yes. yeah yes. you're like I remember highlighting that. you know mm -hmm. who, what might they what is women's fiction I don't know you know just yeah. the information industry was not as up to date, you know? So it took me about four years of writing and moving back to the States and figuring out how this whole industry works that I finally decided I was going to self-publish in 2017. And then once I hit publish, I was like, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't think anyone does when they first hit that publish button. <laughs> like, what is, what is going on here? You know, I didn't expect it to to be a bestseller, but I did have to recognize that like, A, my confidence wasn't really up there yet. I didn't have a lot of feedback on it, except for people around me who would read it and let me know. And most of my friends are pretty honest, but you know, they're still your friends. Like they're not going to yeah. tell you if they hate it. <laughs> like, you can tell well, I don't know. I have a couple of friends that were pretty brutal. <laughs> well, some of them like are afraid to read the book, you know, cause they don't yeah. want to have to say if they but I, I spent 2018 then just trying to figure out how to run a business because that's what I realized. This is a business. I need to figure that out. I did a lot of business books, read a lot of business books, did you know a couple of masterminds, things like that. Came out with my next book in 2019. I did not write a series. And then I figured out. <laughs> 
Another Rats. thing that I did next on the well. agenda. <laughs> yes. So then I get, you know, I ha- I spoke with one of the guys at Re- Reed C and he was like, you should write a series. I was like, what? Yep. Why did Back no one tell board. me these things? <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I think um, like a lot of people, it's, it's doing one thing and seeing that you need to learn another. And so in the meantime, you're always writing. Yeah. And always like, growing. You're learning and you're coming out and then COVID hit. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. That already a thing, you know, that's two years went by. So I came out with another book, but always writing. The biggest thing that I found was like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I couldn't find people who could tell me, um, especially being in Europe, you're not in the States where we have a lot of writing, local writing things. Right. But sure. I was in Spain and France and not a lot of people were writing around me. And so I couldn't find it in online forums. You just go down a rabbit hole. And it was just, that's what I wanted. I wanted a community where I could find that. And, you know, once you start creating something, you start seeing it everywhere. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that's so what law I, of attraction. Like, you, right? like energies yes. are drawn to like energy. So all of a sudden exactly. you get to see it everywhere. It's like when you have a new car you want to get and all of a sudden you see it everywhere. <laughs> you should buy it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really took to like, I need to find this community. I need to figure out how to build this community. And so first part of COVID, I was just um, with different masterminds of like, how did you build your community, whether it was writing or otherwise. And then I launched my community because it's like, what we need as writers is a place to ask questions, a place to be like, I tried this and it didn't work. Can you read this for me? Why is, why do I keep writing goodbye with, with a dash? I don't know. Is that right? I don't know. How do you spell gray? I have no idea. Right. <laughs> like all these weird oh. things. Um, how do you mark blonde? It? That's yes. another one. Yeah. Why is there an E, not an E? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's what I did. I, I came out um, with the community. What year is this? 2021. So beginning of 2021. Nice. And just little by little, we have a great community. We talk about writing all the time. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's oh my, my favorite part. So we keep going with it. We have sprints. We have um, talks. I don't know everything and I don't ever pretend to know everything. Um, so I have people coming in all the time, editors, you know, how do you look at your stuff through an editor's eye? Why are they saying these things? You know, what does show don't tell mean? I don't know. <laughs> you know like, right. Explain this to me. Um, people who are, know how to market better than us, you know, something's going right for them. All these things. There's so many things to know. So many. That's fantastic. Now your, your community is on your website. Now, is this part of the one that's a membership where people come in through the membership? That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did. I tried a couple of things before that, where I tried free things on, on Facebook. And the problem was nobody took it seriously. Mm. It was just, people wouldn't show up. I would show up with an expert and nobody would come. Um, sure. So the membership, yeah, they find it on the website. We do most of the things in Slack. So it's not related at all to, to Facebook because there are lots of people who don't want to be on Facebook. Yeah. And absolutely. We don't want distractions. So you know, you know how you get on Facebook and you're like, I'm only going to look here. Yes. That never happens. <laughs> um, so that's why I use buffer. <laughs> exactly. Or is that just me? No. Um, so no. it's completely, completely separate. We do it on Slack. We're actually looking at discord now because you can have video inside discord, which is very exciting. I think you can do um, it in Slack as well. Now I've seen like so you them have like multiple doing, 
Ooh, yeah, I, I think so. I think they're starting to implement it. Maybe it's just in beta. I'm not quite sure, but I think yeah, you can they're now. probably trying to keep up with Discord, you know? Probably. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we actually meet a lot on Zoom and I know everyone's kind of tired of Zoom, but the community is from all over the States and Canada and Spain. Now that I'm thinking of it, look at that. We're an international. Um, That's awesome. So, so yeah, we, we get on and we actually write together. So I don't know if you know, if you've ever done sprints. Mm-hmm. before with other people. I think sprinting works really well. I used to do it by myself where I would set a timer and be like, I will not look at my phone for 15 minutes. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when I was addicted to my phone, whatever habit I want to break, I sort of do that. So I thought, well, I'll do it with my writing because if you have kids, <laughs> you just use whatever time you have. Absolutely. Um, so I implemented that in during COVID. And that was kind of the first thing of like, let's get together and write. We started out three times a week and now we meet eight times a week. Wow. So 20 hours of sprints a week. You can show up whenever you want, but it's just on Zoom. You, and it's weird how it works. Just psychologically, you walk into the room and you're like, I might as well write because everyone else is writing. <laughs> Heck yeah. What's that whole, that whole energy too of like being able to say, okay, guys, you know, family, whoever is outside my door, I have a meeting I'm going to, yes. don't interrupt me. And it's so much easier to like, you're on a call. They can see you're on a call. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And they have to stay out. And so it's just easier than to focus because of the fact that you've got that energy of, of the writership going. It's just, it's a, it's really cool. Even the zoom meetings, they're, they're phenomenal. Yes. And I know you, you talk a lot about mindset and that I think mindset wise, it's easier to tell your family I'm in a meeting than it yeah. is to say, I need to go right now for some reason. And I hope that we get to that point where I need to go right means you know, carries that weight. But if you need that excuse, I'm in a meeting. You can see I'm in a meeting. There are other people here. Don't please don't interrupt for one hour. Give me one hour. (laughs) Yep. I do that a lot with my youngest son. He's the only one that kind of interrupts and I I will not so much meeting anymore, but I'll say I'm in the middle of writing my chapter. So when I'm done with this chapter, yes, we can go play or yes, I can get you whatever it is you're asking for. But as you can see, I'm still writing this chapter. And so he always is like, how's the chapter going? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) <laughs> yes. How many words I left? <laughs> so it's kind of, it's cute. Cause he is associating the yeah. writing part of it. Like this is work. This is still work, but this is the chapter. So when I'm done with this chapter, then you can interrupt. <laughs> then you implement math. You're like, if my chapters are 300 and yes, yes. words, he's like, Oh no, never mind, mom. See you later. Yeah, no, I gotta go. Although he's the, he is my math kid. So I don't know. He might, he that might, might be, work <laughs> yeah, he might start doing the work. So <laughs> might not be good. <laughs> you can give him your your launch plan be like how many days you left and what percentage is that hun yeah <laughs> right <laughs> give me give me the ideal date to launch based off of these parameters <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know <laughs> he'll become my Stephen Hawking or something oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it oh, okay. he loves science and space so you never know crazier things <laughs> researcher yes we'll research this <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh. So how, how many books do you have published now? How many are out? So I have three books published and one novella. Um, of course, in the middle of, um, you know, after I heard about writing a series and, you know, <laughs> now you have new plans. <laughs> yes. I was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, that first, like, oh yeah, he does know what he's just talking about. Okay. Dang so it. I wrote a novella um, for the, my first one and am working on you know, I'm one of those, I'm not a series reader. And so I, I hop around a lot. So I have one 
um, story that I'm going to finish and I'm sort of outlining the second historical romance as I, as I finish this contemporary. So I'm like That's back cool. and forth. I'm trying to focus, but yes, it will. It, it'll probably be like a, a mini series, you know, so going the see the friend's story, but yes, they have a point. That is awesome. Now I, I did notice on your website that you say that you don't write in genres, but you do write good stories. So how do your stories <laughs> typically come to you? Like what, what interests you enough? Or do, like, do you get inspired or do you go, I'd really like to write a book about X, Y, Z. What, how do they come to you? Yeah, that's funny. And so like the first one, you know, I'm really interested in people. I used to, I used to make up stories about people whenever I was a kid. So Wisconsin, big family. My stepdad at that time was like Irish, eight kids. So you're, you get like so many cousins that you get lost among yes, people. Yes, same. <laughs> <laughs> the us northerners are like, where are the children? I don't know. <laughs> yes, there, there's like a bazillion of them. And then when you leave the house, you're like, gosh, why is it so quiet? It feels yes. weird. Yeah, yes. yeah. My mom was Erin Patricia O'Connor was her main name. So I feel, yeah, it was Irish family with bazillion cousins everywhere all the time. Yep. Yep. And, and you only go home if you're bleeding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was usually the one under the willow tree with the book going, she's in the house. <laughs> she's in the house. Exactly. So I was that kid too. Like I yeah. know where everyone is. I know. And I'm making up stories about everyone. I also would read books like whatever, you know, there was no Amazon and books were expensive and we didn't live near a library. So whatever I could get my hands on. And a lot of them were my grandparents' books. So for sure. visiting one grandparent or another, and some of them were like not very good, well-written. I didn't like the ending. So I would write the ending. <laughs> would write nice. the for them. <laughs> like, That's cool. I don't like this, you know? So it, it's really more about people to me. I like, I'm very interested in people's, um, I should have studied psychology, but I wasn't, wasn't smart enough to, to understand that. So a lot of times it's like, what, what would happen if this person got into this situation, you know, um, for the first book, um, stepping across the desert, I was, I like history. So I was reading about the Burberry pirates because I found out that, so Don Quixote, the guy that, um, Cervantes who wrote it, he was taken by the pirates because Europe used to like, no one used to live on the, the coast. Because pirates would come up and just kill oh, sure. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because, you know, it's the 1600s. This, this is what we do. And so I was like, that's really strange, you know? And so the Catholic church would pay ransom. And the Anglican church was like, no, thanks. Thanks for taking our people off of our hands. Oh my so gosh. Thought, yeah, isn't this terrible? Um, so that's kind of where it starts, you know, like what would happen if somebody, you know, a woman got in North Africa, like how would she get home? And so, you know, it never, never follows exactly how you're imagining it from that very moment. Yeah. Um, but that was the seed of it. So I, I sort of go like that, like what, what would happen if we do this, you know? And I don't know, I guess a person comes to me and then I have to figure out a story around that. Cool. Yeah. I know S Stephen King is very similar to that. I mean, not so much around the people, but like the, the question, yeah. He, he's talked about that, how like his stories will come based off of the, how would you react if X, Y, Z happened? You know, if your pets came back to life or if you were trapped in the mist or, you know, it's that there's always that inciting incident and everything else goes from there yeah. for him. So it's, it's very similar, except you start with the character. That's really cool. Yeah. But uh, you know, you have to find that inciting incident and that can take yeah. a while. So with this new one that I'm working on, 
I want it, it started with what would happen if two brothers were in a band and like the day before their big concert, like they're finally going to make it. One brother just doesn't show up. And of course that's like kind of where it starts. And then you have to figure out like, why isn't he showing up? Why is this other brother, you know? And so yeah. it, it really kind of moves from that. And sometimes the story turns out completely different. So one of my issues then is finding that inciting incident. <laughs> which, sure. Which I wish Stephen King would give me some. <laughs> um, Maybe it helps you know. when you start with the inciting incident and work yes. really backward. Yes, you can <laughs> fill in the people, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. If anyone has inciting incidences, let me know. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. So is that your biggest struggle as an author or do you, what is your biggest struggle so far as an author, as you're kind of working through the process and trying to figure out your mm. method? Yeah, I think um, part of it is the inciting incident. Part of it is I'm okay with reading really long books and not everyone else is. And I like, I'm kind of a classics girl. You can't write like the classics anymore. Nobody cares what the wall looks like. Like nobody cares about the wallpaper, <laughs> you know? So I had, I had to really learn that like all these details that I like or might enjoy other people don't. Um, and that it's really about the change of the person. And so figuring out why are they deciding to do these things and what is then going to cause them change. And then finding an incident that makes sense to force them to change. So sure. for a while, I would struggle with like, there's a difference between storytelling and an anecdote, because you can tell like a story at the dinner table in which you are expressing yourself through your emotions and your body language. And it's, you know, it's coming across to people sad or funny or like, what just happened, you know, shocking. And a lot of times you don't have to finish your sentences and you don't even have to really finish the story. And so I was like, but that's not a story, a book, you know? And so I would, I would for a few years, it wasn't difficult to figure out stepping across the desert because it's, it's a romance. And so they have to sort of figure out, you know, leaving their baggage behind. And, and I knew that with that, when I wanted to talk about, even if your past is pretty bad, you can look at it in such a way of, I wouldn't be here in this good spot if I hadn't gone through that bad spot. Cause Absolutely. if I had, if I had just stayed where I was, I wouldn't have met you, you know? So that was kind yeah. of the idea. So I have to find that, you know, what do I want to say with this book? And then how can I stick to that as I'm writing? Because I tend to go off on rabbit trails. <laughs> Are you a pantser or a plotter? I am a pantser. And so uh -huh. I am learning to plot. <laughs> I am learning to plot. So my second book was a bit of a low fantasy book. It just sort of like came, it started out as a, a short story and sort of just came to me. Um, and so I didn't need to plot it as much. Um, but I'm learning that I could save a lot of time if I would learn to plot. So um, I really like Lisa Crone's blueprint, um, learning sort of that way of, of plotting because I've tried just <laughs> plotting out ideas. And because I don't know all the incidences, I know more the character. I kind of like Lisa Crone's way of doing it. So Story Genius is a great book to learn that with. Um, but that's probably my biggest issue is if it doesn't download immediately, it could take five years to write the book and I don't want it to take five years. So absolutely. Yeah. It takes some excavation sometimes and just kind of digging around and poking holes at it and, and just playing with it. And I, yeah. And if you're a, a pantser, 
sometimes if you don't get all those insights and you're not quite in the, I don't know if the vibe is the right word, but kind of, if you're not in that zone of understanding what's happening with the characters, it's hard to catch that trail of it and run with it. I could see that. Absolutely. Or you kind of write the same scene three times. You know, I have to go back and read because I am very disciplined and I write every single day. But like you said, you might not always have that, that moment when, which you're really in the character. And so the blueprint is, is helping me with that. But I, I, some, I still, sometimes if I'm not feeling it or getting interrupted a lot, I'll come back and be like, that's basically the same scene just with another person. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> delete, you know. And learning, learning that deleting is okay. That's, yeah. that, was, that was a struggle. Now it's a little bit easier. So. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit painful when you're like, oh my gosh, I just asked 2000 words, but yeah, if it, if it's necessary and it, it moves the, the flow of the characters forward and moves the story forward, I get it. There have been a, many times, especially when I'm writing from two different perspectives, where you start mm-hmm. thinking, I'm going to write it from this character's perspective, and you get like halfway through and you're like, this just isn't jiving. I don't know why. And then you try switching to the other character, and all of a sudden it flows fine. And you're like, okay, that's all right. right. I've waited two days. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I love when that happens. <laughs> it's hard, especially when you like use um, word count as a way to measure something. I mean, we, you know, whatever motivates you. And I like watching all my words stacking up, but I just found that it made it more difficult to, to take away what I, you know, to delete what didn't need to be there. So I had to stop that. <laughs> sure. That, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yep. I think for me, the biggest, the biggest motivator is when there's a, a deadline ahead and I'm, I'm focusing more on chapters than word count per se. Yeah. So I'll be, but I am a plotter at this point. Um, I'm kind of a hybrid, but I, I still plot enough that I feel pretty secure in the, the writing as I'm going forward. So for me, it's more about like, okay, I got chapter eight done today. Thank God. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing where um, in the past when it was more word count based, especially like during the NaNoWriMo's, it, it would definitely be a blow if it was at that scene where you're going, oh crap, now I got to take out all these words and start over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I've seen too that you also create journals and writing prompts. So what inspired you to start those? Well, part of that was probably 20, you know, as a young mom, I've always journaled. I really think it's good for you mentally. I also think that we have a lot of stories to tell. Um, So I remember sitting like, so we lived in France at the time with three children, wherever they were. (laughs) I just remember sitting in my bedroom (laughs) thinking like, I should journal. I don't have anything to say. And I look back on that. Like, I think a lot of us have felt like that at some point. And I really think that we all have stories to tell. You know, my grandmother is past now, but the older I got, the more I wanted to hear her stories. Like, where did you grow up? How did you grow up? How did you deal with that? Like, what was it like to be a young woman? And there's a war coming and she lived in the South. So she had, um, she lived in Texas right on the border. So she knew different cultures. But then Japanese men came in and to her, that was a whole different culture, yeah. you know, like not Japanese, sorry, Chinese. And she said they kept like putting a dime in or a nickel, I guess it would be. And the Coke bottle would come down and then they just set the Coke bottle aside and they put in another because they just wanted to watch the machine. You yeah. know? And like j- her just observing this. So you start asking them stories. And I realized, you know, what she thought was not that big of a deal to me in the sort of more modern age was just fascinating and a fun story to hear. And how did you meet grandpa? And, you know, yeah. from like three different States away. And 
So I know that we have stories to tell, but it's hard to, to look at a blank page and, and think like, there's nothing special about me. You know, like, I think we just all go through that. And so I wanted to help people not feel like that. Um, it, it's really important to me for people to understand that they have stories to tell, that most of the stories we write are just retelling stories that have been lived, you know, at some point. Um, so I started with writing prompts. I did a few in COVID, just coming out with like PDFs of writing prompts. And then I, I created a hardcover journal that has 36 prompts, but they're, they're kind of really looking into you, you know, when's the last time you got angry? Did you have you like, were you correct? Were you right? You know, what would you tell the person now? Like having a space to be able to say that, how did you meet your significant other? What's your favorite recipe now? What are you watching now? Like, you know, documenting who you are in this moment. And it's interesting because I was thinking as we usually do, like the, the audience would be somebody like me, mid thirties at the time, forties, whatever. And I've actually had a lot more response from older women who are realizing that they have stories to tell and it's yeah. helping them remember these stories, which is oh, really I love fun. That. Yeah. I, That's I love so it cool. It's that is so cool. I love when that happens, especially when maybe they weren't even writers to begin with. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, I love this process. And I love being able to tell those stories in, in a way that is well-received because I think most, like you said, most of the time it is, it's like they have these really fascinating ways of dealing with things. And if you already had this interest in history or in understanding how people are now, all of a sudden you, you mix those two together and you've got just this fascinating, like visual in your head of like, how did this work? I love that. Yeah. And, And you know, you have the, the, the separation of time. Think of our, our mothers and our grandmothers, they live through some crazy times, especially as females, you know, right. And we're living through some crazy times. And so maybe we don't look at it now because we're just in the midst, but you know, I think 20 years from now, we'll be like, huh, that was <laughs> a weird time. Do you I remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to homeschool your kids when there was COVID mom? Like what happened? Like, what did you guys, what was that like? Well, we do you see why, why these pictures it. are bald? <laughs> 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 there wow. might be a reason there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> oh goodness, but I I completely agree with you. Yes. <laughs> what do you love most about your writing process? Like about being an author in general? Do you do you love the exploration of it or what what is it that draws you to it? Oh gosh. I think um I have a lot of thoughts in my head. <laughs> so I think one of the great ways to get rid of them and to not let them go, you know, make you crazy is to get them out. But I do think it also helps you understand society for me, like understand why people are doing things. Not, you know, not that I understand everything because that's definitely not true, but I like sitting down and thinking it usually take a person that I've seen or an action that I've seen and I can put it to somebody and I can think, okay, why would they act like that? Being now in DC, a Wisconsin girl from a town of 2000 people is just like, this is so different here. So why do people behave the way that they do? You know, why are they so obsessed with going like to high schools that are so expensive? You know, instead of, it's easy to mock each other. It's easy to, you know, we know this, where if you're ever on Twitter, 
that's sort of how we're, we're becoming as a society. But the truth is like, people do things for a reason. And most people yeah. are pretty normal and pretty nice. And so, all right, why would they do it? And so for me, it's like a process of figuring that out and how would they react? And I, I think that's why we read stories, you know, why, why would somebody act like this? You know, all the myths are like, and you should behave because otherwise the dragon will eat you, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, Duh. It's kind of like, you should go to high school and this is why. And, you know, and so people have a, a reason for that. So I like that exploration. And I'm just, I think I've always been sort of in my head. So getting the people out on my head and sharing that with people is fun. Learning about storytelling, I think is fun. It's just sort of, you know, the more I do it, the more I like it. I just, I like sitting, seeing it come alive on the page and realizing that you're creating this character, you know, that's not perfect but is enjoyable to follow. And I don't know. I just really like being in that moment where you can see the person moving and you're just trying to get it out as quickly as possible. You know, I do too. Um, I love that as well. It's so much fun. And to, to know that you're like the, the conduit kind of for, for whatever it is that they're going to do, whatever crazy things are going to say, whatever, whatever's going to end up happening. It's, it's just such a, it's such a thrill to be in that moment. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yep. And to know that you're not actually, you know, a godlike figure, like they will not do. Oh yeah. You, you're trying to force them to do and like, they won't do it. And that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not a kid. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. It's, it, it's like, no, I'm the writer and, and yeah, the character won't do it. And so it's a fascinating process to be like, huh, that went yeah. a completely different way than I thought I was going to go. <laughs> right. I've had that happen so many times. Or like, I'll be writing a different book and another character's like, hello, don't forget about me. We got to do this thing. And you're like, no, like you're two books from now. Go away. <laughs> you know? like, uh, that, that's like, <laughs> that's so frustrating when they do that. Hello, I'm right here. Knock, knock. Like I only have 24 hours a day. Okay? Right. <laughs> only I cannot time. clone my brain as of yet. So wait a second. <laughs> if only you could. <laughs> oh gosh. If we could clone ourselves, that would be frightening. Oh. Wow. I have noticed, obviously, over the past couple of years here, that you host a Pencils and Lipsticks podcast. Pencil mm -hmm. and Lipstick, there we go, podcast. So before we talk about the podcast itself, I got to ask you, though, how did that name come about? Because <laughs> I don't know that I've ever caught that. Um, so I was with a friend of mine. So I was, um, yeah, it's 2019. And he was sort of trying to figure out his, um, where he wanted to take his business or, you know, he wanted to create a business. Um, and he, he was a hairstylist at the time. Don't worry, this goes somewhere <laughs> like, <laughs> so doing my hair. And he's like, I really want them to create this podcast because I have all these ideas for this podcast for hairstylists. And because he wanted to like, you know, teach hairstylists that it was more than just hair. And I was like, huh, I'm going to steal that idea. Okay. What would it be like? And so we're brainstorming. Okay. What would I do for a podcast? I'm just I'm a writer. It's 2019. So I had, I was coming out with my second book and the journal. It's like, all right, well, I still have a lot to learn. I'm realizing, you know, how to get the book in front of people. I'm doing all the book funnel things. All right. What about a podcast? And I realized for, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert because <laughs> as writers sometimes are, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty cool with asking people questions if it's within a context of something. You know, sure. I'm not going to just call you up and be like, how did you do this? But I could get you on a podcast. Sure. Um, so he's like, yeah, but you, you need a really good name. You know, 
Kat Caldwell podcast. And I was like, I don't like that at all. That <laughs> right. You know, like, but we'd talk about books. And so we're brainstorming a lot. And I came in with really bright red lipstick on and, and he was like, if you get your pencil and your lipstick. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call it pencils and lipstick. And he actually <laughs> hated the name. He was like, no, you cannot call it that. No one will understand it. I was like, I'm going to do it. So, like, yeah. Oh, that's epic. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love when, when names come about that are like that, where it's just this unusual, unique way to be able to merge them together. And they, it's like, it's just perfect though, because it encompasses the energy and authenticity of who you are. So I think that's just so amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) And I love that he hated it because it's like, like, ah, see how it's doing now. (laughs) No good at all. I was like, well, too bad. <laughs> I love it. And I love that you stuck to your guns that you were like, nope, this is it. That was the, that was the right one. I love that. I'm not very okay, good so at t- titles, but I was like, no, th- I think, I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. It, it's okay. Now I feel, it, I feel complete with that. It's, it's yeah. awesome. I love that. Yep. Yep. So when it comes to the podcast itself, then how is it different from other writing podcasts? And like, what, I guess, called you to actually create it then was, was it because of your friend doing one for the hairstylist or was there something that was kind of playing at you before then? I, I had been listening to podcasts. I really like the medium, um, especially as, you know, my kids are older now, but as a mom, like, oh my gosh, we, we moved to Dallas and you live in the car. And it's interesting enough, like in 2015, you paid for streaming, you know, like, like your data would get used up really quickly. It's crazy how things change so fast. Yeah. So podcasts you could download that you could delete. So I really loved the medium. Um, and so 2019 early, we're talking about it. How would I do it? How would I figure it out? And my brother's an artist. And so what I was realizing, trying to figure out my business was that I could find, I could learn a lot from small business owners, but they were not creative business owners. So there was Mm -hmm. a difference and there was something lacking. And I I was like, okay, that's great that that's how you sell whatever, but I sell books. (laughs) Like, and they said, no, it's the same thing. I said, no, it's really not. Like there's something lacking. And I didn't know what it was. I I don't have a business degree. You know, my husband does, but he's always working. And he was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're so helpful. I love you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I just need to ask people, I need to figure this out. There are forums. Yes. But a lot of times you get really snarky remarks <laughs> from like, right. why don't you know that already? Well, I don't know. Um, Cause so osmosis thought, stopped working for me a while ago. Yes. <laughs> I cannot read your thoughts from a country away. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually put it out on some forum writing forum I, I was on in Facebook. Like if I started a podcast, would anyone want to come on? David Rawlings from Australia was like, I'll come on. How about next Monday? Oh, (laughs) that's going to be fast. Let's do it. I don't know what's happening right now. (laughs) Tends to be what I do. Um, So that's what I did. And at first, um, at first I did anybody who is doing a creative business. How, how can we help each other out? Um, There's a collaboration between it. And part of that was just to get people on the show and learning. And so it was a lot of authors, but it was a lot of other creatives like muralists and artists. Um, I had some fantastic people on there were very, um, interesting to listen to, but I realized like about a year and a half ago, a little bit less than that, that I was getting more and more writers. And really what I was more interested in was writing. And at first I thought, well, there's lots of writing podcasts out there. 
But I think what's different about mine is I, I don't have a specialty more than I, I find myself being like the middle woman. I can get that person and I can get the audience and then they can talk. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is so cool. Yeah. So I, I see myself more as that. I don't have, you know, the, like Writers Inc. They, those guys know a lot. Um, you know a lot about mindset and things like that. You have a lot of teaching that you can do solo. And I do a lot more interviews because I, I'm fascinated by a lot of things. And <laughs> ask me yeah. weird things about Cervantes getting kidnapped. And I could probably tell you, but not everyone wants to know. About that, you know? So, <laughs> so people love- don't listen to that podcast episode. It's fine. So I love learning from other people. How did you do it? And I think a lot of it is asking questions. So that's what I do. How, how did you come up with this? How did you get it? I, mean, I just had somebody writing a memoir and I was like, that sounds really hard just mentally. How did you deal with the criticism? People have opinions about you. You know, yeah. so we talk about that. Um, and so that's a bit what's different. We, we might talk about people's books, but we talk more about the journey and the questions that other people have and then what they have to off- offer. Because a lot of people have amazing groups, amazing coaching, amazing products. And we just, we need to be connected with them. And I think absolutely you might have a, a mindset group and somebody else might have a mindset group and you're going to connect with some people and they'll connect with other people, you know, and there's enough yeah. people in the world. Absolutely. You know, to everyone. So, and you can be connected to more than one group. Oh, for <laughs> yeah, sure. I like, am. <laughs> right. Same. It's like being a, a reader. It's you can read more than one author's books and enjoy all of them. And so it's, it's that same process of, I don't really think any of us, especially in the creative industry, we're not really in competition with one another because we're all doing things just a little bit differently. And in, they all enhance everything that everyone does. Yeah. So yeah, yes, I agree. I agree. And there, there's writing coaching. We can always learn writing. You know, I mean, I was that young person that thought, well, I have a talent, you know, like 20 year old. I know how to write a book. I just finished a book. So obviously I know everything. <laughs> so I obviously, that because don't all like young adults, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. I wrote my book. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, you become more humble as you get older. You're like, actually, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden it's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Crap. Yes. <laughs> I totally That's get that. So um, you've, you've got a course called Prompted. So did, obviously you have this love about um, the prompts and being able to do the writing sprints. So which came first? Was it the membership or was it the course? that came first? So the membership came first. See, this is, I, I have a hard time focusing. I, I might be, you know, yes, <laughs> I have a very hard time focusing. So I think I d- was doing it all at the same time. I realized that, you know, I was doing sprints. I was doing free sprints and they were prompted. Um, and so people, and so that's kind of how I, I just grew my audience. Like I'm willing to be here having this prompt and we're going to sprint to it. And and I like prompts. I think they're really fun. Just, you know, I, I, I look around me and I try to think like this guy was in Dallas, had a mannequin's head on his antenna, you know, like <laughs> what? Like, that looks really dystopian. Like, okay, <laughs> what is going on here? You know? And so I wrote a little flash fiction about, you know, instead of Roman soldiers with their spears, like they're in these cars with heads on 
sticks. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was watching Lion Kings at the time. You know? So I was like, well, look at that. Um, <laughs> but I, I love, I think people's, you know, sometimes you get trapped by your own brain. You need like yeah. another prompt. Story a day has great prompts. She has like decades of prompts, a decade of prompts in her, on her blog. So I thought, you know, people liked that. And I, I, okay, I'll do a course about it. And it just took me a while. And in the meantime, I realized in the membership group, everyone had their own project. So we're all writers. We all have a book we want to finish. And so using the time to work on our act, our project was more beneficial than okay. constantly having prompts for them. And so I sort sure. of diverged that, just make that into a course that people can find. It's 28 prompts. So I mean, 28 days, but you can do it whenever you want. And then the group is really more about coming in with whatever you want to write. I mean, there's no, <laughs> you can write your blog if you want to. Sometimes we write our newsletters. Yeah. Um, so they, they did diverge a, li- a little bit that way. That's really cool though. I love, I love that because I don't think there's a lot of courses out there when it comes to being prompted and like how the concept of sprints and end prompts can really, like you said, help you get out of your, like the box, your brain kind of gets put in because we do, we kind of get into these habits of like how we view the world or, or how we think our writing should work or all of those things. So sometimes just having that number one, the, the opportunity to sprint, because that helps you stop, you know, the internal editor and all of the other things that go along with not sprinting, but having the opportunity to, to write about something that isn't even tied to maybe what you're already planning on writing or whatever, that gives you the opportunity to open those doors and kind of travel down some of those side quests, so to speak, where you're, you're learning something new about your style of writing or how you want to write, or maybe it gives you a different idea for the story that you're already writing that you would never have thought of before. Yes. It's weird how our brain works. So if you get a prompt, I mean, the, the videos might be three to four minutes max or of me just explaining what it is, you know? Um, yeah. I think one of them is like a birthday party, you know, and I give something about it. And it's weird how your brain can focus right then on that one thing. Yeah. For 15 minutes, you just write, you know, and you might just leave it in your journal. It's just fun. Maybe use some new vocabulary or whatever. And some of them are like, try to write it as pompous as possible, you know, just change the voice up a little bit. But like you said, all of a sudden after that 15 minutes, you might be like, oh, I know exactly what my protagonist has to do. Yeah. Isn't it weird when you think about it, that you're a pantser where you could be technically like if you, if you viewed your outline and and did like, let's say a chapter by chapter synopsis, that could be each chapter could be your prompt so that your brain could focus and then go off on your sprint. Isn't that interesting? Yes. And wouldn't it be fun to have like an extra thing if you say, okay, but today we're going to start out, I'm going to write it, you know, this is going to happen, but I'm going to write it from this character's point of view. And then I'll rewrite it. Cause I mean, I think we're yeah. so consumed with like getting our, our books out there so quickly um, that sometimes we don't have fun with it. And so like, yes. do it from the first person's point of view. If you write in third person or vice versa, you get to use that. Your readers will want that. Like, would you like this scene from the five-year-old's point of view? You know, like, yeah, of course. I want yeah. <laughs> I do. I've, I've actually broken the, the mold a little bit with this new series that I'm doing right now similarly like that with accidental alpha, I have everything from like, I'm used to writing in first person present tense because I like the immediacy of it. And I like the unreliable narrator aspect of it. But um, when I switched to the the male perspective, to stone's perspective, I use third person past tense because Mm -hmm. I wanted 
like just that shift. I wanted it to be enough of a, a jolt that it's different. And so, but it's fun for me because now I'm getting to play in a different style of writing that I don't normally write in. So yes. it's, it's kind of flexing that muscle and, and I'll, I'll admit it takes longer to write those scenes, but it's fun to do because I don't normally write like that. So it's yes. neat. Yes. And Lisa Crone actually says to write some of your backstory in the first person, if you write in third person. So I write third person past. And so I did that and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's, it's not going to necessarily go in the book like that, but yeah. it helped me understand the character. Now it's in my head, it's developed. And yeah, I mean, you just hand it out as, you know, extra content to your readers and that's always fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. So where can my audience go to find out more about you, about your podcast, your membership, your course, where, where do they go in order to learn all the good fun stuff? All the fun stuff. Um, they can go to Kat Caldwell with a K-A-T Caldwell.com. Um, it pretty much has everything there. I hope to organize that, that website a little bit, but it probably won't go down ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't get your hopes up guys. Just start thinking. It's, it's there. <laughs> there is also Google or go to my show notes and you, you can find everything there as well. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm on all the social media. I'm mostly on Instagram, but, um, yeah, Cat Caldwell has everything, the courses, the membership. If if they want, you know, specific questions, they can DM me on Twitter or, or Instagram. Um, they can sign up for my newsletter there. I answer all the re, you know, the replies. But if you want to just try it, you get two weeks free. You can come in, you can sprint for two weeks. You can we have mass marketing masterminds on Fridays. You can see if it's for you. That and, is so um, cool. No strings attached. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad that you were able to take the time and tell us all about all the awesome things that you're doing. I know I personally love your podcast and I love all the different like aspects that you're doing. I didn't realize about the courses and, uh, or the course and the membership until I was digging around a little bit for this though, which is super weird because I'm like, how did I miss this before? But I'm so, so glad that you're able to be here. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Carissa. Oh my gosh, guys. Wasn't that a great podcast episode? I love the way that Kat is so interested in the storytelling that everyone you know has within them, whether it is understanding that they themselves have stories, that you have stories to tell, or just helping to suss out those stories if you're getting stuck. I think her ideas are surrounding and about like the prompted course and her membership in order to help you join up with a community to be able to ask questions and get involved and to sit down and work separately together by writing and doing the sprints. I think it's she's developing such a unique and wonderful community that I think many indie authors, especially those of us who are a little bit more introverted, can really benefit from. So I hope you are going to check out Kat and all of the information that she was talking about today, her books, her membership, her course, head over to catcaldwell.com or if you want to get all the links and kind of check them all out and know that you're in the right place, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 140 and you can dig into the show notes and everything will be provided right there for you. You can also download the transcript to today's interview and just get a feel a little bit more for Cat. In fact, make sure you're checking out sometimes the podcast show notes, because if I have an interview like this and we've opted into a video, the video version of it will also be available. So make sure that you're checking that out as well. If you want to see Kat in person or see some of the other interviewees in person as we're having our conversation. 
So <laughs> hopefully you've had a wonderful week. Hopefully your July Independence Month is kicking off well. We are already mid-month. I can't even believe it. In fact, today, as I'm recording this outro, it is Prime Day on Amazon. So I've already put out information about how we independent authors have our month. Not just a day, we have a month. We're doing awesome things. <laughs> so I do hope that you will also check out the Independence Month sale that I have going on with all the courses because I really hope that you will level up your author career and see the transformation that is available to you if you just give yourself the insights and the breakthroughs that I know that you've been asking for. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you write tons of words. I hope all of the fun things that you're trying to get written on the page or planned out are all coming together. So go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. <laughs> Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.